It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hello and welcome to the Playing Out From The Back podcast. I'm your host Sam Morgan. On a weekly basis I'll be joined by my fellow hosts Aaron and Mo. We'll be discussing the latest news around the football world with zero filter. Be sure to like, subscribe and follow us on the usual social media platforms. Time to tune in. Happy New Year to everyone and every one of our listeners. Uh, we are back for 2022. It is another episode of Playing Out from the Back, and it's back to the usual lineup of Aaron White and Mo Spencer. How are you, boys? All good, mate. All good. Looking forward to this one. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Before we get into football, who's, who's, who's overweight? Who's given up drink? And who's on veganary? Anyone? <laughs> I'm always Wait. overweight. Uh, I'm, not giving <laughs> I'm not giving up food or, or meat, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I said I said to myself, I'll give myself a, you know, a month, give myself a month of a little bit of eating a bit better, maybe doing a bit of running, a little bit of gym, but let's see how long that lasts. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. What what are we in now? Was this day five of January? So yeah, let's. See. Yeah, we're I'm doing, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right, but it's been pretty much bank holiday so far for the, for the start of the year. So, yeah, when when everything opens back up and we're out doing normal stuff, might change. Might change. Might change. Nah, no, I hear that. I hear that. I tell you what hasn't changed. Man United getting the manager right, and then trying, then trying to do things properly. What is what is going on there, boys? I'm, Aaron, I'm definitely coming to you because I know you've been chomping at the bit for this one. I can hear the laugh already. He's got his cauldron and witch hat on oh, ready for man. this one. But um, listen, Man United right now, they've, you know, they went to Oli. They gave Oli sort of plenty of time. And that guy had like, you know, nine lives. I mean, they, Oli was at the wheel for far too long uh, on his provisional license, you know, and they've spent a hell of a lot of money. And if you look at the players that they went in, in fact, Let's go to the start of the summer because I'm pretty sure Arsenal, Arsenal were getting ridiculed for um, 50 million for Ben White and having him and Gabriel as a, a centre-back uh, centre pairing in there. We went in and obviously paid the money for, for Erdegaard as, as well. Um, want to obviously trust the youth for obviously Smith-Rowe and Saka and people sort of ridiculing that. And then there were Man United fans in their towers, ivory towers going, yes, we brought back um, their god that is Ronaldo. They've spent what was it, seventy five, eighty million on on Sancho, um, who's still pulling splinters out of his ass as we as we speak. Um, and then obviously brought in Varane, who's comes, you know, can't knock it on paper but with great pedigree. Those those, those um, players we've just named, they'd said they won the league. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to obviously the new year, and it's absolute chaos. And even with this manager that everyone keeps going on about has taught loads of others, like the likes of Klopp and Tuchel. Um, players are saying exciting, their heads are down. We've seen body languages, a few images coming around of the body languages they were walking out for that, that Wolves game as well. 
what what is it, Aaron? Is it is it man? Is it the players to tell us what your what your thoughts on it? And is there anything that they can do to to improve? Uh, I think it's the manager and the players. I think you can't disregard the players at this stage, uh, just because that they are like let's let's face it, they are they've got quality players. They have got great individuals, but they don't have that team ethic. And I watched the Wolves game at the weekend. And, you know, they've got Sancho, Greenwood, Ronaldo, Cavani as a front four. Let's face it, that's a, that's a great, on their day, that's a great front four. But they don't pass to each other. There's no chemistry at all between any of them. And they wonder why mm. they're not scoring goals. That's, that's like half of the problem. There's, all, there's, there's a lot of talk at the moment about cha- unrest in the changing rooms. You know, the, the, the standard thing that comes out when... When, when teams are, are not playing well, uh, you know, Arsenal have been on, the, on those kind of pay, back pages for that stuff for a while. Uh, and it's coming to, to United now, you know, 11 players want to want to leave, not happy with the training sessions, training at night or in the dark and stupid stuff like that. And I'm, I'll be honest, one thing that I, I've noticed is, uh, one, the manager, I don't think is right. I think as a club as Man United stature to say, okay, we're going to bring someone in for six months. That's not what they should be doing. If if a club mm. like Man United are as big as they think they are, they should be calling any manager they want in any league and say, we want you. And they should be leaving whatever team they're at. And because that's how people see Man United. They seem the, you know, the biggest club in England, mate, some, some seem the biggest club in Europe, in the world. So why why do they need to get someone in for six months? They they should have just got someone in from the off or kept Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in to the end of the season or Carrick just just to have him in there. But to get someone in to change everything up again, it just for me it doesn't work. Normally when a new manager comes in, you see the players refreshed, revitalized. They go on a on a good few games because it's you know new manager, new things, that kind of stuff. The honeymoon period. And even though they won a couple of games to begin with, I still don't see it. Their games with Norwich and, and Palace, and even then they didn't look great. Newcastle, they got battered, uh, came away with a draw, and then they were awful against Wolves. I just, there, there's yeah. so many things it's wrong tough, there. It's tough, There's so many things wrong. And Mo, Mo when, and when it comes to you and Aaron, I want to finish, get you to finish this point, just to add to this as well. Two mm-hmm. things I want to look at. One, would you give him extra window right now and two do you think it has anything to do with them not having like Ma- Manchester players like pl- players from the area players that they had play. if you look at Man United from um, mm. sort of we say glory days they've always had kind of a core of players that have come through the the youth system or at least you know have a real passion for the club it, just follow on from that really mate um, so I think that whenever whenever a club's veering as far as Manchester United are away from their values, it's always a thing where people say, "Do you go back to you know your bread and butter, going back to uh, promoting youth players, etc., um, and going back to your traditional Manchester United style?" But I don't think that. I don't think that that's the only reason. But what I do think is that the amount of changes in manager and each manager bringing in their whole, their own different players has resulted in Manchester United having a very dis- disjointed squad. Um, I thought that although Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wasn't doing fantastically towards the end, what he did start to do is get the squad into some sort of uh, some sort of shape where they, you could see what they were trying to do. And then this summer transfer window came. And I just think they, they've they gone from being so close to having a decent squad to now it looks like a million miles away from having a decent squad. Um, and I think that although players like your Cristiano Ronaldo are amazing to have, at what cost do you have that 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 guy because he's, it, when you look at it on paper he's not he's not done badly 
while he's been at Manchester United. In fact, he's, he's done very well since he's been there. But is that at the cost of Bruno Bruno Fernandez? Is that at the cost of Pogba? Is that at the cost of Mason Greenwood's progression? Is that at the cost of Rashford's progression? Because I felt that those other players were, well, apart from maybe Pogba, were all starting to progress. Mm. And then you look at it this season and they look a million miles away. Now, one, one side of the coin says Ronaldo's in the change room. It's the perfect person to have in the change room for them to all learn off of. But does having Cristiano Ronaldo in the change room come with that little bit of extra pressure yeah. uh, to perform? Does it come with, um, for, for players like Bruno and, and Pogba, do they look at it and say, well, wow, they brought Ronaldo in, but I thought they were building their team around me. I thought they were building my t- uh, the team around a Pogba or a Bruno Fernandes who had good numbers last year. And then they, they maybe look at it from their point of view and say, well, so now we've all got a thing from Ronaldo's team sheet. Yeah. And I, I just think that, I just think that I'm, I'm looking at it now and I'm just thinking the positives of him coming, I don't know if, they're, if the negatives outweigh that. Mm. You know what I mean? In the best possible way because I've, he's, he's been fantastic since he's been here. He's a legend. But I, I just, I can't, I can't see how they've gone backwards from, from where they was so dramatically last season while signing three top, top players. Yes. You see what I mean? Touching on that Ronaldo thing and pressure, I I was thinking recently about players that have been out of form for them uh, this season. You know, the likes of Maguire, you know, Sancho hasn't hit the heights, Rashford. Do you think the pressure for them is is especially Maguire, because I think Maguire's a type that needs a... You see him for England, you saw him for Leicester, you know, a tight, a tight team, good uh, morale. And do you think Ronaldo coming into the dressing room has just just made him put so much pressure on, on say, Maguire, for instance, uh, that's led I, to I him, think... him having such a bad start to the season? I think you've touched on a couple of points, and I think it's a mixture of a few different things. Ronaldo is a self-motivated person, mm. right? Like, he doesn't need anyone to G him up for a no. game or to G him up to, to try and perform. Like, he will stay late. Or if he does, if he doesn't, he goes home and does a thousand push-ups. Do you know what I mean? Or will be in the garden doing something. Like, you, you, you've seen this. We know this. That's what he does, right? Um, his house is set up to train again. He basically eats drinks, trains, sleeps, takes the old picture, right? Like, that's this is he's a machine. That is not Maguire, and that is probably not 95% of that squad. Yeah. You know, they train, they go home, they play PlayStation, they go out, they go and do whatever it is, and then try to perform on that day. That They need to be motivated. If they're not performing well... Is there someone in there that's that's getting them together? This is what actually, in, okay, he addressed yeah. that quite quickly, and he got that morale. And he gave them a bit of freedom, to enjoy when they walked in at was it St George's Park when they do that mm. when they turn up to training or whatever it may be, and they report for England. There's a buzz to be in around yeah. there. They want to be there. I think when they walk in at the moment at Carrington, it's not like that. It's almost become like this is my day job. You know when yeah. you like you love your job, yeah, right? but... and then if you love your job for the first six months a year, and then it's just it's just not there. Ronaldo is not they they. I think people at Man United thought that Ronaldo coming in would would g them up to to be there, and it did for the first bit, but then they realised that no, this this guy wants literally the best, and he expects the best twenty four seven, and it is perfection. And if you do, if you cannot provide that, he's on your case. Now it's not a look. It's a little bit different when you've got. I'm not, again. It's not disrespect to um, Maguire, but if Maguire's shouting at you to get there, you're like, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, but when Ronaldo does it, it, it make it probably makes you feel quite small. <laughs> and that's what I'm probably trying to say is that actually, mm-hmm. it's like, am I good enough to be in a team for with Ronaldo? Am I, you know, when you go when you go to play that pass, you're not effort, you're not just doing it. You're like, I've got to get this right <laughs> for it. You know what I mean? And I think that's, yeah. I think that's, I think 
stretch in a little bit and you know there's there's been a lot of um, there's been a lot of chat with that in the other change. I know people are like trying to put it on Ronaldo. I'm not putting a negative spin on it. He expects the best because he is one of the best. You know, some people argue people say he is the best. So I don't think I don't think it's that I just think that they didn't need Ronaldo. That's yeah, but I think it's when, not wrong. When you say that, when you say that and, and this sounds mad, but was he I, I just don't think he was the right he was the right the right uh, I can't explain it, the right character for the dressing room. He is, but he isn't the right character because not right when you talk about my, Yeah. Because when if it was a more experienced team, if he's in a Jose Mourinho sort of team, the way that he builds his teams is experienced players who he can who he can talk to and he can and he can express himself to and and they won't, you know, go and complain to their agent. If he's in that sort of team, it suits him. But when you when you go back to talking about people like Maguire, I think people like Maguire are being questioned by Ronaldo daily. Yeah. Like, yeah. How are you how are you letting this guy like how are you letting these guys like go past you so easily? And then that's yeah. that's now the captain being questioned yeah, by Ronaldo yeah. and then yeah. and then you've got then you've got Greenwood looking on, you've got um you know, you might have Luke Shaw that he's, I mean, they let him come out and talk after the last game. And he just, I mean, I don't, it looked like a stitch up. It's, it looked like yeah. a stitch up. And he's another one. Yeah. He's gone backwards. He had a great season last year. Mm-hmm. He's gone, he's gone miles backwards. Like you don't even, he's not even one of the first names on the team sheet, whereas before he was. Um, so I don't know. I don't know whether it's a question of Ronaldo comes in and Manchester United need to look at how far back they are and they need to they need to start closing that gap, or if it's Ronaldo's come in, he's upset all of or a, a large majority of what we got. What are we going to do? Are we going to you know wait for him to leave and then and then continue on or or like, I, I don't know what they do from here because this guy that they've brought in, this guy yeah. that they've brought in has got his own ideas, yeah? But unless he starts getting results, he's going to lose Ronaldo eventually. If this continues, like how they're playing now, Ronaldo eventually starts to, to look at the coach and say, like, well, who are you, really? It's square, it's square like, pegs around holes, though. Like, I'm not, I, listen, I'm not taking anything away from... And, and listen, I'm, I'm, please, listeners, do not, please, for one, think that I'm saying this. Ronaldo is not Aaron Ramsey. I'm not saying this. But it was Aaron Ramsey is a good player, right? He's a good player, and we, there's a bit of like nostalgia with, with the Arsenal thing. Do I want Aaron Ramsey at Arsenal right now? No, because he he's had his time, and he's not as much as a good player. He's not going to improve us, and is he the right the right fit for what's in the dressing room right now? For me, no. If you look at Ronaldo with what was there at at Manchester United at the time, the only reason they've done it is so that Man City didn't get him. Mm-hmm. That is the only reason. It was th- that I, deal was done. I don't believe that. that. I don't believe that. I don't no, believe no, Ronaldo. No. I don't believe Ronaldo no. plays for Pep ever. I don't. No. I don't believe. The, I think. The, I think Man City baited Man U. I don't believe no, that. It was. It was done. It was done. It literally. It was done. The only thing that stopped it was a call from Fergie saying you cannot do that. It, they've they've come out and said Fergie stopped. Fergie said he said he, that's that's not for me now. I'm not speculating. The, the deal was ready to be done. He literally said, yeah. "I got the phone call from um, from Fergie that, that, that stopped it, and to to, to stop burning that that legacy of what he'd done at United." Now, uh, now if you by doing that, you've you've forced the hand of the club. It, at the time, don't forget it was Ollie in charge at the time. He's going to bend down to what his dad told him, old Fergie. So they've let Ronaldo come in. So he's. You've let a manager get dictated to by a past legend in, in Fergie to bring Ronaldo in. He's brought Ronaldo in. He's, he's gone against the promises he had with Cavani because he re-signed Cavani to play. Cavani's not getting a sniff through that number uh, and that number nine. He's changed his, he's changed his whole team and plan. Because Ronaldo wasn't done at the start, remember? He, he, he's had this plan of getting Sancho and he had his plan of getting certain players in. It changed. He got Ronaldo in. As I say, there's certain players not playing. The system is different. You, you can't tell me they're playing the same way now Ronaldo's coming. You you play to how it suits Ronaldo. It's, mm. it's as simple as that. That's what they've done, tried to do. And it's killed the manager off. 
Yeah, the new manager's come in. He's still trying to fit things around Ronaldo. And I, and I come back again. And I, I'm only comparing it because it's the team I watch. But we got rid of Aubameyang at Arsenal. We were kind of competing how to play for Aubameyang a little bit. You know, now Lacazette's playing and how we're playing. We're, we're a much better side. I'm not. And it's nothing again. Aubameyang for me is still a good player. I'm not saying he's uh-huh. not because Aubameyang is a good player. And he'll go. He'll go somewhere and he'll probably still do well. But we just you cannot keep just forcing players in. This isn't a pick and mix and just throw something on the wall and then hope that fucking something's going to stick. It doesn't work like that. And this is what I'm saying. I just think it was forced upon them, Ronaldo, and it's 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 backfired. It, and it's nothing against him. He's a good player. He's one of the best. We're not taking that away from him. You just. I ask you this: Ronaldo being that good, could he could he go and deliver the same way with at Newcastle with the players? No, because it's not the same system. It's not the same system. Could he go and do it at Chelsea? Probably not, because I still think the system doesn't suit him. He needs to. He needed to go somewhere that was going to fit his and and the pace of the game as well has, has changed so much when from when he was here in his prime. He would have been better off going for me going back to Spain, um, but. That's how that's how I see it for me, Mo. I'm sorry. I just don't think Ronaldo was the right the right thing for me. And I think mm. he would have gone to Man City. And I think the way they play, because it's still so many passes, it would have been able to keep up with him. And it is that turn of pace in the final third. Manchester United still, and to this day, I don't care what anyone says, they like to have that free flowing vertical counter attack every single time. And Ronaldo's not the man for it right now. <laughs> it just he, he's just he's just not. Um, with the players that they got there, um, and that, that's that's just me. I think he would have been a lot, ten times better going to City or going going to Spain, and Man United would have been a ten times in a much ten times better position for me if they'd gone with the plan that they set out to do with with Cavani and and uh, Greenwood and Rashford and Sancho and doing it doing it that way and still allowing to play Bruno Fernandes and potentially Pogba. Uh, mm. Plus five hundred grand a week or whatever it is for Ronaldo has stopped him bringing in a um, a CDM as well. Yeah. That's also take that into play as well. Who's going to be their manager next season? Poch. And Zidane takes PSG. I mean, for me, for me, it has to. If they've waited, because they've obviously waited. They've obviously waited for this man manager because they could have gone and gone like he said and spoke to a range of managers and got in the one another one of the world's top managers. So the fact that they were so quick to say it's a six month interim thing tells me that they're specifically waiting for Poch as well. That that's that's the only conclusion I can come to. Whether it's right or not, I don't know, but that's the only conclusion I can come to because if they wait six months and then they appoint like Ragnick. It's hard. I, I just I can't imagine them doing that. It's crazy. It's crazy if they think about doing that. But that that could be what they're thinking. They might be thinking if we give him a six month audition and he does well, we'll get him on. And they might actually not have a plan to go all out and get Potichino or go all out and get Zidane or whoever they might want. You never know. At the moment with Manchester United, you just don't know what's going to come next. Mm. So that's how it seems, anyway. Mm. Aaron, you got someone? Oh well, uh, Posh is obviously in on the list. I was thinking Graham Potter uh, from Brighton, and uh, to be fair, I've I've always said Brendan Rodgers as well. Uh, if they want to stick to someone that knows the Premiership, uh, then th- those three would be the the top of my list. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just don't think Graham Potter just... takes over when Ronaldo's there. I just can't be there. Situation yeah. when Ronaldo's there and Graham Potter takes over. <laughs> Brendan Rodgers, I'm I'm coming more more round to the idea, and I think he's you know he's dealt with big players. You know your Suarez's, your Sturridge's, your Sterling. He's dealt with big players already, yeah. um, and. I think he'll be able to manage with his reputation as it is. He'll be able to manage with Cristiano Ronaldo and Bruno and etc. But Grand Potter is not even. It can't be because if they was going to go Grand Potter, he'd they'd have just gone and got him, wouldn't they? Like there's nothing Brian could have done. 
Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think they would have just gone and got him. But, uh, yeah, Brendan Rodgers is a good one. Yeah. As well. Whilst we're, uh, whilst we're on uh, the old uh, Manchester area, this, I don't think this will be a long conversation. <laughs> is, is the title done? Is it is it cities cities to lose and are they are they just going to get better and better? Boy, uh, well they won like twelve in a row at the moment, something silly like that. Eleven, yeah. eleven, yeah. Uh, it's gonna t- it's gonna take something. Uh, it's gonna take a miracle for them not to win the league now. You know, <laughs> Liverpool, their closest rivals, they're gonna. You know, missing a few players over the next few games, they're they're not, they're not looking good at all. To be fair, they're not in any they're not in title winning form, uh, either a Chelsea. So I yeah, this, it's going to take a a miracle for Man City not to not to win the league for me. Were you uh for you Mo? If they go and add, do you reckon they should add a striker, or do you reckon they should just carry on doing what they're doing? Um... Um, I'd like to see them add a striker. It's a bit annoying that they don't have a striker, to be fair, because I think a striker could go there and fill his boots, really. You know, I mean, some top striker could go there and challenge for, um, you know, the, the golden boot in the Premier League, and he could be the guy that fires them to the Champions League. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a, there's an opening that there for them but when you look at what they do without a striker you just think well well what's the point yeah. <laughs> what's the yeah. point and, and that must be what that must be what what the the what what the Manchester board thinks but what I will say about Pep yeah I already think he's the greatest manager um, in in the world but what he does do better than any other manager and I don't care about oh he's got all the best players or whatever 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 what he always does is he makes he he can create a player to play in a position where he doesn't have a player. He he can just do it. He can he he finds a way to to, to put a player. It, it could be any player. We've had Fabian Delph playing left back. We've had Zinchenko also a centre mid playing left back. Uh, we have now have Cancelo. He's not had a number nine. Um, he didn't have one all of last season. Um, you know what I mean? Whatever the situation is, he always, always finds a player to play that position and not only well, like out of their skin. Yeah. You get what I mean? And that 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 that's where he's that's where I think people don't don't rate him enough. Because if anyone has any doubts in their head as to whether Pep's the best, you just need to look at the things he does with certain players and it's just absolutely crazy. Odom playing number nine, Grealish, sometimes Sterling in there. Like, like imagine if, um, imagine if another manager tried that. Yeah, yeah. It, it just would, it would just, it would be crazy. It wouldn't even look, it would be terrible. But the fact that he makes them play and play out of their skin is just, it's just testament to him. I think that's just crazy. And for me, there's no chance of anyone catching them because if you get close, they'll just win ten in a row, and then. <laughs> And then you know what I mean. So really and truly, you're looking at it and thinking, where where do you find them eight nine points? Because they will win ten in a row at the the, the highest pressure point of the season. You know, over Christmas or the last ten games of the season, this is what they do. So I I, I don't I, I can't see how anyone closes the gap, even if they get injuries. That I don't think that matters. Even if they get hit with COVID, don't think it matters. I think they find a way to win with the players that they've got. It's 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 pretty frightening actually, just how good they are, um, and you know, obviously, it kind of moves us slowly on to to Arsenal, um, because they are that good, but they didn't look. I mean, listen, they still look good, but what did they? It took them a while to register even a shot. Did they even have a shot on target? I don't think in the first half. I think Arsenal obviously. Um, um, Got them down quite a bit. I mean, in in that front, they they didn't know um, how to handle the sort of pace. I think normally we in historically, I say historically, last sort of certainly three to five years, we've we've sat back and just 
tried to hope we could counter-attack them. This time we, we took it to them and they didn't know um, what, what to do, obviously, in that um, in the first half until uh, Mr Atwell uh, subbed himself on into a Man City shirt um, in the second oh. half. But um, it was that, I guess, was it... Oh, was it a, was it an off day for Man City, or was that a demonstration of Arsenal slowly closing the gap now to these bigger sides? Um, and I'll start with you, Aaron, because I, I always see you on Twitter, Wes, you know, and you, you've been you're, you're always quick to jump on managers as well. So I definitely <laughs> want to hear you hear you on this one, mate, and see, see where your head's at. And um, do you think we, we we've got ourselves in a good spot now? Yeah, we've definitely got ourselves in a good spot. Uh, top four is obviously. The, the big, uh, the big challenge for us, uh, which he's put us yeah. in, and yeah, that game. I mean, I, I think I tweeted as well, saying I'm I'm not ashamed to to admit if if I'm going to be wrong about Arteta. I said it before, and here, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It, it's a win-win because it just means Arsenal are doing well. And at the moment, he's he is he's 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 proving me wrong. Uh, the way not not just uh, you know the tactics, the subs, but the way we're playing as well, what he's got uh, this team doing uh, is really good to see. And when that, I think that City game, like you said, is us closing in uh, on on the big on those big games where we tend to to fail or tend to not do the right things or defensively just don't look good enough. Yeah. Uh, but he's done all the right things in that game. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself because it was only a few weeks ago where we had. We played a poor Everton team and a poor Man United team. And, you know, we lost them both. So if we can get that consistency going, I don't want to, you know, go three or four games looking good and then the one or two games dropping back into old habits, uh, especially as we're not playing midweek European football, we should be taking advantage of that. And I think at the moment we just about are. Uh, there's There's about five teams behind us, five or six teams behind us looking at the table that, a couple of wins for them and a couple of drop points for us. And it, you know, it, look, it goes from us being fourth to us, could, you know, being seventh, eighth, ninth. So it's going to be very close in that top four. If we get top six, that's, that's good enough, I think. Uh, but the way we're playing and the way the teams around us are struggling, I just think we need to take advantage of that. We need to st- keep picking up these points however we can, wherever we can, beat the teams around us and, hopefully keep that consistency up to the end of the season because, you know, they've shown signs of it now. The potential's there. Uh, we're keeping the same 11 pretty much uh, every game as much as we can, which is which I think is the key thing because, let's face it, any other manager or any other team in our generation, Smith Rowe would have walked back into a starting lineup uh, because, you know, the goals that he, he he's scoring. Uh, but we've we've been consistent with our team selection saying no at the moment you know Odegaard's doing this Lacazette's doing that Saka and Martinelli are you know are in form and you know it's the same with Aubameyang if he he comes back from the African Cup of Nations and we still got him as a player then I expect the same thing with him just being on the bench and and uh, being used when we can but if we can just carry this on I'm a bit concerned about letting Maitland-Niles go on loan at this moment in time just because of the amount of players in that position we've got out in in uh, the Ephraim Cup of Nations. So I hope we've got something up our sleeve because the last thing we want is going into North London derby with two centre midfielders being fit, knowing Jack would get sent off and we'll be in a, a pickle again. So let's just hope we were smart in January and we stay consistent. Do you, I guess this is for for you, Mo. Then with, with the fact that obviously Aiton, Ainsley's obviously gone, surely that's got to mean that someone's on their on their way in. Surely that's what, that's what you'd hope, <laughs> but you never know. Do you, do you do you think it's going to be a do you think it's going to be a sort of signing that we again we we go in on loan? Could it be a Jack Wilshire six month contract, or do you think there's actually a sort of a long term person that they've they've got their eye on? It's tough because we're never, we don't really get much leaked anymore, which is obviously another good thing. Normally we're linked with about 30 players by now in the first week of January. Uh, 
Well, so, do you not? Well, Sky Sky got it totally right. What are you on about? They leak it all the time. Look at the uh, Tomiyasu <laughs> yeah, donut. That donut. Everyone, everyone wanted him. Didn't know whether he was oh, right back or centre back. Okay, I proved him wrong. He should be sacked. Yeah, that was. <laughs> he tried to play a joke, and it's it's backfired on him. But I, I hope yeah, there's someone. Yeah. I would. I, I don't mind if it's alone. I don't mind if it's if it's uh, Jack Wilshere just being the backup. But they need to realise that that backup has uh, has happened before, and you know it's it's gone against us. Kim Karlstrom, for instance. Kim Karlstrom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that where we needed to play, we signed him with a broken back or something stupid like that, and yeah. we, we needed to play him because of injuries or suspension. So. They need to get it right, whatever they do. Uh, ben White could obviously yeah. go in there, but that just means we've got to play holding in defence or or something like that, which I don't really want. I kind of want that back four to, to stay as it, as it is. So I hope, you know, yeah. we, we have to trust them. I think uh, they've got the signings right so far, so we just got to hope that they, uh, they, tr- they, they, they do the right thing and get someone, someone in. What about you, Mo? What have, you, what have you seen so far? You think we've closed the gap? Um, what I will say first off is that it seems like um, every time Arsenal beat a team, the team's out of form, or the yeah. team had an off day, or the team, you know, the team is they're missing that peril. There's always a reason why Arsenal beat these teams, but at the end of the day, you still have to go and beat these teams, and it doesn't matter what anyone says. There was a clear clear progression in that performance against Mazzi. Although, normally at home, we do do a right against the bigger teams. We don't normally get spanked away. Get spanked away. But, um, yeah. but that was a clear progression. And I think, that's, I think that's just a testament to Arteta because tactically, this is always what he wanted. Mm. Whether, the players could, whether the players could deliver it or not, that's the display that he, he's, he's always wanted. But you have to have the right players to perform that. And on the day, we had all the right players in all the right positions and we were able to take advantage of, well, almost take advantage of Manchester City. But um, overall, top four, I, I still think even now, um, I think general, general will have a big part to play in it because, I mean, Conte looks to be getting a little bit of a tune out of Tottenham. And if they get a couple of players in there, you know... They're going to be they're going to be fairly consistent. Whether or not, even though they're not glamorous and they don't look great, but they'll be consistent and they'll be picking up points under under Conte. Um, Manchester United have got on paper they've got the players to be to be in that top four and they should be in that top four. So is it a situation where can they click and get through to the end of the season? Um, so I, I don't think I don't think West Ham are in it. I think West Ham will fall away, especially when Europe starts back up. I think they'll have a tough time. In the league, you started to see sort of creeps around Christmas um, with West Ham dropping a few points and losing a few games. I don't think West Ham are in there. And I think Leicester are too far back. So I think it's a free horse race between us, us, uh, Manchester United and Tottenham. But like Aaron said, we need to get that consistency. And that is my biggest worry with this team. Mm. Um, with the amount of young players you've got, everyone knows you get that little bit of inconsistency. And although although the team's learning from that, it's a learning on the job situation. So we're losing matches um whilst learning. And obviously that's not ideal when you're when you when you when you're going for that top four spot. So yeah. I think I think for the team it's just about trying to get that consistency. But what I am happy with um is that they're learning from their mistakes. And every game, you know, no matter how difficult it is or or how tough we've had it the last game before, every time they start that new game, it's, it's like a fresh team. Mm. You know, every single time you say, oh, well, you know, what are they going to do? They've lost two. They've got the next run of fixtures is tough. We go and get two or three wins against whoever, you know, it might be whoever. And it was a, it was a shame that we let Manchester United and Everton get away with it. But then the performances that we've seen since then... Yeah. You know, I mean, was 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 all a learning curve from those two games, and I believe that if we get put in them situations again, or if we got put in them situations again, we'll be able to get through them games. Yeah, yeah. So West Ham, the West Ham game is one. I was there at the game, and I got to say, that's, it was one of the best performances I've seen, in, um, like Arsenal for for a long time. 
You know, like just a complete performance. Yeah. Basically. It was just, and, you know, because West Ham obviously, a bit, you know, great, we've been in great form. Um, we nullified everyone. Um, yeah, okay, a bit fortuitous with the with the penalty and Kafal, but it, it wouldn't have mattered. I think it was peppered them the whole the whole game, um, oh. and you you could hear that in the the interviews from uh, Moyes and the and obviously the West Ham players were just like couldn't do anything. Now, when was the last time someone had said that when he played against Arsenal? <laughs> and that's what I was trying to remember. You know when. We used to have the the like you know when you had Omri, uh, Perez, mm-hmm. Lundberg in those days. We used to pepper teams, and people used to walk off this game. There's literally nothing we could have done. With some like like you said, no. When we beat someone, it's normally oh they're out of form, or we got this, or we done that, or but you know there's always some sort of excuse. Whereas that you know that game, and and again, if we had beaten Man City and won that one nil, I don't think the Man City players could have said a thing. No, even Pep came out and said we were the better team. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I know. I can't believe I'm going to have to bring this up. Bloody VAR. But what is got? Like, it got me actually so mad yeah. because it was for me again. I've seen Arsenal fans say that the the Bernardo Silva one wasn't a penalty. Now, for me, I think it was. The reason I said yes, he got. Yes, did he over-exaggerate and, and add that bit of a dive? Yes, but did Jacka did Jacka grab his shirt? Did he leave a leg there? Which, come on, that's a free kick. If you put that in the middle of the park, I, I would want a free kick, person, me personally, because you you have chopped him. Because if you watch if you watch Jacka in real time, I do. Bernardo Silva is his footwork's a joke. He thinks he's cutting back the other side, and if you see Jacka, he goes to put out his other foot. Gives his right foot to try and block it, thinking he's going that way. Obviously, go chops back on the other foot. The, the legs there for him to kind of run into, as it were. He's got the shirt. He gives it. I think it's a pen. In real time, you see it. You obviously see him do the salmon, right? But obviously, mm. when they break it down to VAR, you see it and go. Actually, I can see why he's giving it. Fine. The reason I was trying not to throw anything through my TV at the time was the fact that. Erd- the Erdegaard one was more yeah, for me more of a pen having s- more of a pen when you slow it down in VAR with the VAR so oh. the fact that you ran over and looked at the screen again normally when they look at the screen it's they're giving it for me do you know what I mean mm. it's like you need to go and look at this but and I was like how can you not see that and again he looked at it at multiple angles again and still couldn't see that the ball would change direction surely there's loads of things you need to look at I still couldn't. That's what for me. I still couldn't get. That's why I was so mad because it was. If Erdegaard's not a pen, that one's not a pen because you're saying that there wasn't enough for you to change your. There shouldn't be enough footage there to change your mind, and that's where it was really rattling. You then got to look at the fact that um, Gabriel with a penalty spot was it stupid getting caught doing that? He actually didn't get get booked for the penalty spot. He didn't get booked. Oh, he didn't, he he didn't get it in that. It was, it was descent. Yeah, for after the penalty was scored, they, there was a clip. I think it was on Match of the Day or somewhere. Showed him getting booked after the penalty. Oh, right. Okay, but then I, I, I still don't think that, that second booking is a booking for me. No, he runs into him. Gabriel Jesus runs the, into him. Which the I same think, thing again. happened twice in in a game after, yeah. and yeah, didn't even get booked. The players. That you know what it, it is. It was the what? rush of blood. The yeah. referee, once again, putting himself... It was like the, the fact that all of this stuff had happened. Um, we obviously... The, the um, Had we almost scored, I think? Didn't we? Yeah, Martinelli. Ball, yeah. So it was, yeah, so was that... Oh, yeah, the referee the ref again getting, trying to yeah. block it. Yeah. Um, but then also, it's just, it was so much going on. And I think then everyone, everyone's blood is pumping. Yeah. Then the foul happened. City players all around him. The referee's got a semi himself. And gone, yeah, here go. Here's my time for me to get back on the back of the paper. Bosh. Because mm. that, if the, if it had calmed down a little bit, if it had calmed down a bit, or that was his um, first foul, whatever, a second foul, fourth foul, I don't think he would have done it. But mm. I think there's the emotions of blood was pumping that it was his time to go. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a second yellow, for sure. Like, I, I just don't see. And bearing in mind, who um, Rodri had done probably about six or seven of yeah. those. 
they get away with that all the time. And he didn't get booked till, what was it, like the 80th minute or something? Nah, nice. Pre-show. Pre-show. There you go. Listen, yeah. Listen, the problem is with that with that game is the referee got caught up in the occasion. The occasion got too big for him and he couldn't deal with it. He was He was going off the crowd, which sometimes can be a good thing, but other times is a bad thing. And I think the game got too big for him. And then he just started giving... Uh, he just started giving everything. I mean, at the moment, yeah, fans are trying to get one over on each other by saying, oh, why are Arsenal fans complaining? And the other day, the Arsenal fans say, why are West Ham fans complaining? And, and Manchester United fans, are, and it's just and that. But there's a serious problem with football if they're looking at replays and changing a correct decision to a wrong decision. Yeah. That's a big pro like that's that's not even a that's not even something to be ignored or brushed over because if the ref in the in the heat of the game, yeah, says that that's not a foul, or in the heat of the game says it is a foul, he knows better than someone that's fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty miles away, however that that distance is away. Mm-hmm. And then they send it to that guy who gives the wrong decision and the ref then changes his correct decision to the wrong... That's, there's a problem there. You can't have yeah. that happen. You can't have correct decisions being changed to wrong decisions. That, that, well, that means we're actually going backwards with VAR. Well, this is, again, this, is, this is again where I keep saying my argument is still to have someone in that booth that's played the game. Because you, you know you, you're going you're gonna to have that first thought of why they've done it whether it's a bit of shithouse behaviour or whether it's, like you said, the heat of the game, the emotions, what he's tried to do there. We've got all these pundits that are ex-footballers and they're all saying the same thing every mm-hmm. single time. So stick stick one of these guys in there. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, make sure they're impartial to the, the, the teams. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to put Real Ferdinand on a City game. Do you know what I mean? Or, or something like that, or a Tottenham, ex-Tottenham or ex-Arsenal player on against one of their teams. I, I don't think you, you're asking for trouble there, but stick them in there so they can actually look at this and then they'll tell you what, what they've been trying, what they're trying to do, what it actually is and, and get the get the right decisions. And Mo, you're, you're spot on. The guy Atwell, he's going, he threw his arms up, didn't he, when, he, when Bernardo Silva done his thing. And he's like, yeah, up, absolutely up, up, no. Up. There's no way that's yeah. a way. It's a how can you yeah. go from that? You can't go from that so looking at another, uh, because he see, he must have seen that there's a. What could you have said? He, he I could only imagine. VAR said, VAR said, there's two contacts there. Yeah, there's one that that knocked him first, and then the 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 um the shirt pull as well. One of them is a foul. That's the only thing I can think that you could possibly say because Bernardo Silva. As soon as he gets the touch, if, if, if he just touched Jacker's legs and went down that way and didn't, the shirt never got grabbed, that wouldn't have been a penalty. Yeah? Do you, do, do, you, be, do you think, no, Mo, you've got to look at that and go, what part of that contact makes you fall like no, it's, it's never a penalty. I can't be so... I can't be as sure as to that not being a penalty than anything else. And then when you look at the Erdegaard one that the ref didn't even re-look at, there's, there's no. no way, there's no way that that goalie got a touch on the ball. They didn't say, okay, from where we're looking at, we can't be 100% sure. You go and have a look. You was on the pitch, you might have had a better angle. What did it look like for you after you watched the, this on the screen? And Edison clearly didn't get the ball. He clearly, there was no, he didn't touch the ball. Didn't yeah. Touch the ball. So how can the ref not go and look at that? Like, at least go and look at it. If the VAR isn't sure... How can they say that's not clear and obvious? Well, he you did see, go and look at it. Didn't you he? see with the VAR, he, did right? he, didn't, he didn't go and look at it. You see with he the VAR, the VAR they, they they need to because the people in the the pundits and and the commentators can hear what's being said, right? Uh, yeah, them. they need to release exactly what's being said at the time. Because yeah, I, yeah. With that, the first penalty, the first the uh, the Man City penalty, for instance, right? They showed the replay about 15 times. 14 of them were just a slow motion of Xhaka pulling Bernardo Silva's shirt. They didn't show him diving before, because there was no touch before. They didn't show him fall into, into Xhaka and Xhaka's 
stupid enough did that. But for me, if he hasn't given that real time, like you said, though, he's, he's, he's looked at it in real time and said that's not a penalty. There's no way that he should be changing that mind. And it, it, it weren't like he said it's not a penalty. He said there's, he was the indication was no way. Yeah, And then he went to the thing. He went to. They must be saying something to him. Like they, they've got That's, to say something. Like I don't know whether yeah. they say rule this as if there's two contacts. I don't know what they say, but they, once said. they go to that screen, you've got it. You've got whatever it is. You've got it. Once they go to that screen, so, something's being said, Mo, that is not for our ears. For me, mm-hmm. because yeah, yeah, and that's what it is. Because no, no, none of these conversations or communications are are, are released ever, mm-hmm. ever. But why can and the commentators? Why can't the pundits and commentators hear it? Because that's again, I don't because again, there's some for me, what for them to release. No, why, 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 why do they? Why are they able to hear it? I, I don't because, understand. Listen, you got to remember, listen. They got to also remember who's paying bills here. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to say. So that's I don't think it will ever get because re- then someone will know it where it's come from. That mm. stuff will never get released. This is why I'm not saying there is corruption, but I think there's something going on there because if you go to Australia and you listen to it, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. You get to hear the full communication between it, and they explain it. And then you, you know what you know what it means. Then you're a, you're actually held accountable. Yeah, for exactly. that properly. And they can't do that here. They're already under the cost, but it's the same. Listen. People like Mike Dean still officiating, who always notoriously makes the game about him. Doesn't matter what team it is, it's disgusting. And I've had, I've literally, I've had enough of referees, if I'm honest. Like, and as much as people like, are we enough of them? There's not enough of them. There's not enough good ones. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. not about that. It's not enough good ones because there's literally. I want to hear like an explanation. If the referee makes an. Say such a mistake, but actually comes out and explains why he's done it. Like actually explains. Like they should get interviewed after the game, mm-hmm. so they explain why. So then, and then you hear it, and then you either got to, you either still going to have a bee in your bonnet, or you're going to be like, I see. If he thinks that, I can see why he's giving it. Do you know what I'm saying? That's that's what I want. That's what I want to have. If I don't get that, and you're just left there wondering then each and every one of them is just going to come across a complete dickhead every time for me. And that's why we're there. This is why people like us and many other podcasts and God knows what else come freeze and they love it. Absolutely love it. And it's, it's, it's painful. They They think that they're protecting the referees, but in, in reality, all they're doing is the opposite because now they're just showing how bad they are. And they keep sweeping it under the carpet. Let's not forget, Atwell was wasn't he like suspended or demoted from the Premier League for two years, a few years back, mm-hmm. because of how yeah. poor he was. But how it's can terrible, he get? Yeah. How can he get back into it? And they there was a there was something on uh, I think it was on Twitter the other day, and it had like a a thread of the decisions he's made in the last like eighteen months, like either when he's head of VAR for a game or as the referee. And some of them, I'm thinking. Yeah, he's he's a big problem. He's not a good official. Like some of the stuff I was reading, some of the decisions he's made over the last year to eighteen months, as all the big ones that you could think of uh, at the moment, he he's been involved in. And it's like we'll be sitting there a betting scandal, won't we? Yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's. I just don't. I do not understand how. Let's face it. Arsenal, Man City, is for that weekend was the big biggest game of the weekend. How does he get to officiate that game? If, and if he's the best that the league have, then it just shows how bad the the state of our officials are at the moment. If he's the best that we have. And they're not, they're not held accountable either because it's like VAL will come out and say, or the PGMOL will come out and say, the ref, the, the this decision in this match was incorrect and this decision in that mm-hmm. match was incorrect. And then that's all you hear about it. It's not like yeah. they say, oh, so um, this decision was incorrect. So for this reason, they're not going to referee in the Premier League for the next three months or whatever way, whatever way they do it. Or you just don't get, no, all you just hear is this, this decision was incorrect and this decision was incorrect. And that's it. That seems to be enough or all right. When it's, it's, a, it's, a big, it's a big problem. And I'll say it again. If the on-field decisions 
are getting changed from correct to incorrect. There's a big problem. Mm-hmm. And not only, not like, not just us as Arsenal fans, but football fans should be worried that a system that's come in to improve the game is now changing correct decisions to incorrect. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's terrible. It's like goal line, it's like goal line technology. Yeah. It's simple. Yeah. The ball either goes over the line or it doesn't. Yeah. If, if goal line technology starts saying the ball's gone over the line when it hasn't, there's a big problem. Do you get what I mean? That's, that's yeah. basically what's happening. There's a, there's a huge problem and you can't just allow that to continue. These referees yeah. need to sort it out and sort it out fast. Or they, or, they, they, or they need to have a system. Because I saw something the other day, there's only about 24 of them or something like that. There needs to be a, a, either a wider pool or there needs to be a monthly relegation relegation and promotion agreed yeah that's that's what it needs to be as far as i'm concerned nothing's going to change until there's huge changes not just in the premier league but from grassroots upwards semi-pro you know non-league all the way up to the premier league there needs to be a drastic change in in the the way their courses are done i think they should scrap it i I think they scrap certain things with var you do it for offside so when a goal, so you do if it's if, if the goal is scored, then you check that the goal was legit, and the way you check that the goal was legit, make sure there was no handballs, and it wasn't offside. That's what you use VAR for. The only other then thing for me is if there was something to that will change the game dramatically in terms of an actual red card. So let's just say, for instance, there was it was a bad tackle, and you're unsure, so you want to go and look at the screen and you go booking red card, or if it's like an elbow or something like that. That is it. Scrap this penalty crap, and let's just play play the game as it would be that. So, like, in that case, he doesn't give the Erdegaard one, and he didn't give the Bernardo Silva one. This is what I'm saying. This is exactly what I'm saying before. He then can't, yeah, he then can't be, he can't be, he he, he can't be seen as inconsistent at that point. Because that's what I mean. Before, when the refs used to just make their decisions, and you had the odd offside, you had the odd, um, you had the odd, you know, goal scored where there was a little handball. That was all. That was all just part of the game. But when you're getting four, five, six looks at it and getting it incorrect, that is what upsets me. I don't mind the referee error. What upsets me is that they're looking at it. Two professional referees have looked at Martin Odegaard and the goalie's t- tackle and for, they've looked at it 30 times, that second referee, and they've said that that doesn't need to be looked at. That's not a penalty. That's what two professional referees have said. That's crazy. But again, but you think, but, but, but you've also got to look at it. you also got to look at it. When you slow things down mm. as well, uh, take football out of it. If I, if you, you know, you see them things, they do the science things with like the, the David Attenborough. When you look at him slow down like a bird doing something, it looks fantastic. If you watch it real life, you'd be like, what the hell just happened? And that was it. You look at Shaka, mm. come back to holding the shirt and the leg. When you slow it down, it looks like he's holding his shirt for, for eternity. When mm. you look at it in real time, he's holding his shirt for a second. You get what mm. I mean? Like that's, it's, not, that's... it's not forever. And that is what the problem is. You can't keep slowing it down, slowing it down. The more you slow it down, the worse it's always going to look. However, again, I can only go Arsenal examples, but let's also go back to the Everton game. And did Ben Godfrey not just stamp on someone's face? <laughs> you know, you know can, can, can I just say who the, who was in charge of VAR that day? Go on. Stuart Atwell. Stuart Atwell. There you go. Yeah. Crazy. Do you remember yeah. the, the Socrates yeah. goal against Crystal Palace? When Emre was in charge and it got disallowed in the last minute, yeah, do you remember? Yeah. They 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 disallowed it because of <laughs> holding was fouled, but they said holding fouled someone else. Atwell was in charge of that as well. It's all, it's getting a bit silly now. That's what I'm right. saying. It's it's a bit a little and, bit. And we're one of we're one of we're one of two. We're one of two. Other said in his thing the other day that we're one of two nations with professional referees. Us mm-hmm. and I think it's Germany. Germany. With professional yeah. referees, so why 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 don't we go and get the best from Italy, the best from yeah. Brazil, the best from China, the best from 
all over the world because we pay the best money. We must do. There's no way that the referees in this country are getting less than the referees in Germany. And when we, get, when, we get, yeah. when we get to when we get to World Cups and that, there's only two English referees. All the rest, all the rest are from all over the world. So where well, like, what's the problem? We need to. This is what we need to do. We need to diversify it in terms of getting people from all different cultures of football mm-hmm. to to watch mm-hmm. this, like watch this, and 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 and. Um, and have their opinion on the game. Like, we need to get out of this is our, the British football, like, this is our thing and no one will understand it. There's a referee in the Champions League, yeah, I think he's from Sweden, and he, whenever he's refereeing, there's no, uh, there's no question asked from me. He don't have it from the players mm. and I've never seen him have a, have a bad refereeing game. So, what, what's he doing? Is he refereeing in the Swedish league? <laughs> what's, what's he doing? No, no, what, what, that's what, this is what I want to know. We need to get these guys because we're the best league in the world, but we've got the we've got a, a bunch of average referees in the best league in the world. Below average. Referees. You get what I mean? Below average referees. That there's something there's something not right quite right there. Mike Mike Dean walks around like butter with a melt because this guy is under no pressure. Probably he probably just they probably have their rankings or whatever, and the bottom two go to the championship, and then two come up or whatever, whatever. And Mike Dean just sits in there in the middle. Giving red cards and, and making games about him and giving stupid penalties and making stupid faces at players. He goes about doing that, sitting mid table in this league, mid table of med- mediocrity. Do you get what I mean? It's just, it's just they, they need to be on their toes. They need to be under pressure to make the right decisions, or you won't. It's like in a, it's like in a team. If if there's no uh, competition for places, you don't, re- you just cruise, don't you? Just cruise. Well, that's it. That's what the referees are doing. They're not getting in trouble for it. They're not get. They don't have to answer any questions. They don't have to explain anything. So you know, it, Atwell's made those decisions on uh, at the weekend or whenever it was played, and that's it. Yeah, they would get some abuse on social media, which probably he won't see. There'll be a question on him in the paper for what one day or two days, but other than that, he's back refereeing the top game in a couple of days. So, like, for them, it don't matter. They're still getting their paychecks. They're still doing what they need to do, and they'll get booed by the crowd for, for 90 minutes. Other than that, that's it. They, they don't... There's, there's, like I said, there's no accountability. There's nothing. Nothing's going to change until there's serious changes in the way we, we, we deal with referees. And that's never going to happen because they sweep everything under the carpet as it is. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well... <laughs> so that's one way to end it, fellas. I gotta say, <laughs> I've got I've got one last thing before we go. I've got one last thing before go, we finish. On. What go on earth on. happened at White Hawk versus Three Bridges? <laughs> <laughs> that is gonna be that is gonna be on Soccer M this weekend. <laughs> Definitely. I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a little piece on this because I know a few of the boys at, at Three Bridges. To be fair, um, a young, very young team actually. Um, now that pitch was awful for one. If he, it was like a marsh. I don't. Oh. I just, you could see everyone slipping all over the place. But I think it was Whitehawks number six, the rugby tackle that got me. He, he just had he really got had head loss because he got he got he literally ran into someone and then chased off. It was like a cartoon character, like a cartoon. <laughs> when he ran after, I was like, "What's he about to do?" And he just rugby tackled him. And I was like, you must have had a bad day today. Because yeah, <laughs> we were that was terrible. It. The it one, was you know the, you know the one at the end, what actually looked the worst, where he looked like he, he, he slid in he like, and tried to he slip in the stomach. He slipped. That's actually yeah. the most genuine one. It looked the worst, but it's actually the most genuine one. I've seen, Some of the I've other seen stuff another angle of it. Though. I've seen another angle of it, um, like where you're coming in from, um, the angle from behind him. And... He does. He slips, and he actually tries to pull his leg out of the way. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It, but why is his leg but, so high? I don't understand. No, I think it's slips, the motion of trying slips. to pull his legs towards him. Yeah. Like he's trying to actually yeah. pull his legs close to him, and it caused that motion. You have to lift it off the floor, so it looks like he actually like tries a like a fly kick sort of thing. But <laughs> it, it was but, an Eric Cantona <laughs> kick, mate, to, to, to the midriff. But 
it was a bit it was a bit of a mad one. I feel I feel for them. The thing was it, the highlight package absolutely killed them because yeah. the, the, the guys that put the obviously they did that and they put a load of like rubbish football in it. Yeah. yeah, and it was just like it probably actually wasn't like that, but you just made a ninety minute game look absolutely horrendous. But them boys are playing a certain level at the end of the day. Yeah. Step four, Whitehawk and Free Bridges. So mm-hmm. it's still gonna be half decent level. And it's playing. How do, I, how do I tell people that I played a lot of step five through my career? <laughs> you know what? You know what? <laughs> I, 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 I actually would like to have this conversation at some point, yeah, like properly with a few players from like the, that are either coming to the end of their careers now, like non league careers. And I want to ask them the question do they think it's easier now than it was back then? Because I actually think it looks easier. I don't, I don't know why. I think it looks a little bit easier, or it's just the, the maybe the caliber of player, maybe I don't know. When we were young, when we were younger, there was more. We we as players were more streetwise. Like if you were to yeah. play, if you were to play, uh, um, I don't know who to say now. Say quietly playing around. Just to, say you were to play a Ryman one team now. Versus a Ryman one team in two thousand and eight, I'll put my money on the two thousand and eight team winning because I just think that around that time or two thousand and twelve, whatever ten, I just think around that time even the younger players were more streetwise. I speak mm-hmm. to a few managers now; they say no one trains. That was unheard of when we played. Yeah, like, that's what I'm I, I, like yeah. I, that was part of my like I'd be missing like christenings and weddings and stuff to go play football but I don't think that that same that's been handed down to the generation that play now I just think it's more about yourself and I yeah I think I'll be a that's, bit more and that's, social media I, I don't know about you I, I, I don't know I, when I, I Sunday morning I was battered my legs were and my body I'd have been beaten up after games do you know what I mean because you say not the street wise but you just were in you played against I don't know. I just think the style, yeah, was a little bit different. But I think the pace was still there. You still had tricky people like there. It's all that. But it, people, it, it meant a bit more to them, I think, the game. When I say streetwise, as, as well as us young boys being streetwise, we were playing against, we learned off of extremely streetwise pe- like, like players, you know. It wasn't, wasn't easy. There was, no, there was no easy game. And like, I remember when I used to play... Uh, Southern, Southern, was it Southern League? Reserve, when I was in reserve. And yeah. I remember, like, we'd go to, like, the team that was third bottom, and they were even decent. They had decent players all over the pitch. It weren't like, just go there and beat them 5 they were, they were. I, I remember it always being decent. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But um, yeah. who knows? It, it who is. Knows? Yeah, and no, I definitely want to have that combo at some point. Um, but yeah, we'll, 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 dive, we'll dive into that a little bit, a little bit more. But boys, that is a, a good good episode for the new year so make sure we obviously keep this up and um, hopefully our listeners um, can start pinging us a few questions again and some hot topics to, to talk about no doubt I'm sure they'll be talking about the uh, postponement as well from Arsenal Liverpool and seeing the, the ramifications of that but uh, boys pleasure as always that has been another episode of Playing Out from the Back Sports Social Podcast Network Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.